There is a perfect example of motherhood out there. We've all felt its presence. It lingers in our social media feed, in the products we buy, the answers to the questions we research. Even though we know it's not real, we feel it spotlight what we could be doing better. Join two best friends as they step off the stage of motherhood and go behind the scenes with moms from different walks of life. The Mom Cult Podcast. Real moms, real talk, real tired. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. After the episode with (laughs) Ginny Black. Welcome, Ginny. Hi, guys. Everyone has seen your TED Talk now. Everyone. Everyone. 432 people. Oh, she's checking. (laughs) Is that the any? Have you gotten any thumbs downs (laughs) yet? (laughs) I'm like, don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. (laughs) Oh, yeah, don't. I won't. Just because they Never. won't be, you know, who knows who, right, what, right, that's right. a real person who wrote exactly. those. Yeah, Do media you know? trauma experts not allowed to care about that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, exactly. Either really, you're really falling into the abyss. <laughs> you're no better than the rest of us if you do that. <laughs> you read the comments, Carl, you're just the same. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what book it is, but Brene Brown talks about that yes. specific, yeah, yes, that exact thing. Like It was, her, being it was a, her media trauma. It was her first experience with media trauma. There you go. She read the comments oh, yeah, and dang. just ended up. Melting down. Turning off all the lights in her house, eating ice cream like I'm never leaving my house. Mm -hmm. I think I do that a little bit every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For my check-in, all I had was that um, I want to write a poem called The Anatomy of a Doorknob because I feel like I know the doorknob to the nursery better than I know my own body. Like exactly wow. how many There's before it where the first click happens and then there's a second like delayed click and, and the volume of each click <laughs> yeah and I've tried every different way like is it doing it really fast does that make the click quieter or really slow <laughs> I think the way you should write the poem should make it seem like it's about sex but it's called the doorknob <laughs> uh, and, and then and then the fact that I uh I, I think I I just hate feeding children. I don't want to feed anybody I must anymore. Be in our family, I think so. It seems like something mom would say, <laughs> and me. I was like, "Are you hungry again?" And I am supposed to do something about it. Every day we're gonna do this until you leave my house, and then when I see you, I'm probably gonna have to pay for whatever meal you want when you come into town. It's insane. Feeding is insane. I don't but- like it. Then it's like he doesn't want to eat and it's never ending that cycle. So see, maybe that's the difference. Maybe if we lived in a family where no one wanted to eat, we'd have that like thing that was like, no, but I want to feed you. Let me love you. Let me show you love this way. (laughs) He wants to eat, just not whatever I'm trying to force down his. He started, he's learned how to gag now. Sorry. No, no, that was a time. That is a time. Yeah. Brandon used to fake choking because he loved watching everybody freak out. So he would, and this, he was so little. Oh, geez. He'd like start choking everybody, run to him, and then he would just laugh. And I, if you that's imagine so from his mean. perspective, that's hilarious, right? Like watching yeah. everyone, like. <gasps> <laughs> he probably didn't, did he even understand what he was faking. Surely not. He did it one time, on, right? On for real, right. right? So everybody's response I was like, "This is a this is a good one." Like if I need attention, I think mm-hmm. I figured out what to do. Figured it out. <laughs> Gets oh so mad. <laughs> How old? I mean, little, like not talking yet. And he wow. talked early. What a piece of garbage. <laughs> I, I can't wait to tell him that. I, I don't think he knows that story. Penny started to pick up her food and hold it out and go, just drop it on the floor. Just to see. Does she make eye contact while she does it? That's yes. what Parker yeah. does. Of course yeah. she does. Yeah. She mm-hmm. thinks it's hilarious. 
Do you laugh? No. <laughs> <laughs> Never. No. And then if I get, do get frustrated, then she just looks back at me and just goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the feeling. <laughs> You're confusing anger with true love. <laughs> what about you? Oh, uh, oh, let me look. Oh, okay. Well, Jenny, you want Jenny to go while you're looking? Sure. Okay. Well, I feel like I probably should just talk about what it was like doing the TED Talk. Yeah. Because yeah. that was, I was, I've told so many people, Joy, about your, I guess, acting coach talking about how nervous mm-hmm. feeling is actually. Excitement. It's, it's excitement, but you had said it was something like... It means you're about to do something that is important to you. Important to you. Yeah. So that, I'm, I was, I've been so thankful for that always, but especially mm-hmm. that day. So I was like, people kept saying, are you nervous? Are you nervous? And I was like, I am not nervous. But my body had to contain so much energy for what I was about to do. And I had to wait. You know, like I was, I was up at two o'clock that morning and what I didn't did you, what, perform. What was your lineup? When did you go? How many people Fourth, went before you? Three people went before Okay, that's not bad. At least no, you didn't have to go like after lunch. at the very end. Yeah. yeah. Were you up at two, like getting up at two? I just woke up at two and was like, just to, this okay. girl is not going back to sleep <laughs> until this speech is out of my body. Wow. So, and I performed at maybe 11 and I had, I mean, it was just, so I'm containing all this energy that is waiting for that one moment, you know, I felt really good about like my memorization of the speech. So the thing that they really wanted was we want you to know what you're talking about, but we also want you to seem like you're having a conversation and it's not just a prepared speech. So that's a super fine Mm -hmm. line. So I got out on the stage. It was just like relief. Like, Oh God, if I, I'm finally going to get out there and get this out. And like immediately, like I'd, gone over my intro 10,000 times and that was super easy but what I wasn't what I was counting on was being able to see the audience like that getting to see their faces just like I'm seeing Sarah's right now mm-hmm. like a, like okay you see me you understand and that that's what I feed off of mm-hmm. so if I get lost I can be like where was I you know like you're because you're just having a conversation right so I finish my intro and I'm look down at the audience there's no audience there's nothing. It was this black abyss with the spotlight looking like a train <laughs> going at you. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, God, I'm talking to like a spot of light in blackness. Like I have nothing to feed off of. And so I just like had this like moment of shock and then I – and just sort of taking that in. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh God, I'm just going to stand I have to keep talking. <laughs> I'm just going to stand. What if I just stand up here? I mean, the voice in my head was just like, you're just going to stand here. You're not going to remember anything. How long are you going to stand here? You've been standing here a while. You haven't said anything in a long <laughs> time. Hours. Which if people watch it, you know, you'll know the moment that she's talking about because there's clearly, she just stops talking. But as I told you, it almost plays like you're taking in the weight of what you're about to talk about, like that you are feeling the emotion of the heaviness of the subject and that it means that it's important to you. There's like a second where you're like, wait, is she, did she just forget what she's going to say? But then because you sit in it a little bit longer, it ends up looking intentional. Well, and what's crazy is that one of my friends writes songs, is a songwriter, and he was saying how he'll write a song that like he doesn't have any emotional connection to. He's just like, where did this song come from? And then like a month or a year later, like the situation happens and he gets his song like from like it will happen in his life. Wow. Interesting. And that's how I felt about that moment because my opening story is about Ava and I had that like 
mm-hmm. especially like what's what I'm being kind of propelled into now is getting opportunities to talk to kids and parents and companies. And I like when you said that, but then mom and dad said something about it too. I was just like, oh my God, that's the truth. Like my, my mm-hmm. talk stays really positive and light, but the reality is that these kids are getting traumatized. And right now the setup is not – right now we're just at a posi- in a position as parents in a culture, the best we can do is help them recover from the trauma that's going to happen from this. And so when I look back on that moment, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, God, it really is. Like I feel like that moment can now – now means to me like this is so much heavier and so much more something we have to do something about mm-hmm. as a culture too. And, of course, it was the first one that comes to my mind. But I, I just – I would love to see, like, does Parker's generation have to be traumatized? Right. Because I, I feel like Ava's already – like, that generation's already – we're, we're going to be in recovery mode. Right. Even right. though she doesn't have Specific. a phone yet right, or, right. like, no, an account or of anything. Exactly. But Just the reality that mm-hmm. – of the that there is a perpetrator in your daily life that you're navigating. So, yeah. Wow. Like I thought I'd start off really light and fun. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, I also told Jenny that because of that moment, no matter what the reason that something gets completely silent for a couple seconds longer than everyone's comfortable with, mm-hmm. she got everyone's attention in that room before she really started her speech. Because even if people were looking, leaning in, going, did she just forget? Is she messing up right now? Is this, right. Like, it doesn't matter. Everyone's yeah. focus like got more in tune with what she was about to say next because she waited long enough to say the next thing, which I don't know. I like that. Yeah. Gosh. It's all a miracle. <sighs> so thank you. Thank you for letting me talk about it. <laughs> thank you for watching it. All right, Sarah. Like Joyce said, wait, I like a roller coaster. It's like, mm-hmm. it good. I feel like I was in it. Um, <laughs> Actually, on the note of what you were saying last night, I have noticed that I raise my voice, not like yelling, but just too, I feel too often. And that's being reflected in him. And last night I just said something serious really calmly. A time when he would not have turned around. Mm -hmm. He was like, what? And then I told Eric about it. And in that same like breath, he did the same thing. And immediately without even thinking, I was like, <laughs> what is that tone? You just yeah. Yeah. What what yeah. is this? Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. So it's funny how I don't know taking away the extremity, not extremity, mm-hmm. is that the word? Extremeness. Well, well and there's response. that's kind of where we are, right? Everything is so extreme and loud and overstimulating yes. now to have that, you know, that famous saying silence is golden. When when Avery was little, I would I would listen to audiobooks that I wanted to listen to, but I would talk to her about them pretending that like just to, so I could keep listening to something mm-hmm. interesting. I'd pretend. So I was listening to something about feelings and I was talking about anger and what do you do when you're angry? And I was like, Avery, what do you, what do you do when you're angry? She was three at the time. And she said, um, I cry. And we like laugh so much about that. Cause she still cries every time she's angry. Like that. Is, I think I do too. <laughs> If I get angry enough, yeah. I don't think my body knows how else to get it out. Yeah. So then I ask myself, huh, I wonder what I do when I get angry. She was <laughs> three, and she goes, you stop talking. <gasps> and I was like, oh, my God. Well, is that the worst thing? Like, as a therapist, do you think that's 
I mean, that's it's not, not the worst thing. thing. It's just that's exactly what Jeremy does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that is a thing. Everybody in my life is like, as soon as I get quiet, they're like, "What's wrong? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what just happened?" Yep. Wow, I really do. Okay, Sarah, I inter- interrupted that's interesting. you. No, that was really the. What do you mm-hmm. do? Oh, cry. You said cry. Oh, yeah, I do cry. Yeah, yeah. It it depends, I guess. But what I'm seeing is that my fear response as a parent seems to manifest it looks like anger for uh-huh. most people yeah. and i'm not angry i'm afraid mm-hmm. i can't think of a time when it's not that mm-hmm. when he's going to fall when he's going to yeah choke when he's doing something you know when it's hard for me to separate myself from his being or like his behavior and i forget to do that in the moment and i feel like i'm failing by the choice that he's making which is terrifying to me and i try to you know that mm-hmm. feeling like maybe just this morning I feel a little pressured. Might cry. Don't know why. Um, might cry. I didn't know what you I said. What did you about, say? She said might cry. I'm might thinking cry. about the media trauma and then like thinking about crying when you're angry, all those things. It's like, anyway, also, um, maybe this is why too. I've been helping my mom move where like at the end of it, where we did the big last move, yeah. which was just a lot yeah, of stuff. So and So much. Yeah. I'm um, coordinating that. But I noticed we always say about my mom and sorry, mom. Well, you know this, mom. Um, mom, come on, uh, come on, Don. Be be chill, all right. Be chill. She's like I'm not listening. Um, <laughs> we have sometimes, at times, referred to her like pushing of herself to take care of other people as martyrdom, um, just beyond what is normal. Mm-hmm. And I saw something yesterday. I, I was just I was in a moment where like. My setup was just uncomfortable. It was like it was getting in her truck, noticing like nothing really is set up in a way that's conducive to using it. And I was like, do we do women just accept a level of discomfort as mothers or is that a conscious choice? Does everyone feel that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm thinking. (laughs) Nobody. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm thinking what I what I think about that. I mean, I definitely feel like there's part of me that likes that a little bit when you have kids being forced to be comfortable with somebody pulling on you or crawling on you or not giving you your personal space just how that pushes I don't I don't know I don't I this is why I didn't say anything because I don't have a fully formed thought about Mm. it yet yeah it's it's a the adapting that you have to do to survive as a mom Mm -hmm. it's like it's just this constant adapting to what somebody else needs and then it truly does Come, I my needs are met if that person's needs are met. If this baby stops crying, I'm okay, right? Everybody right. gets fed, okay. And it, it is a strange, I mean, I, I'm, I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. It's such a strange, you just make so much space. Like one of my favorite books when I was little were these like weird morphing creatures who would like <laughs> grow and they could change shapes and they would like build their own houses. And do you remember this? Mm-mm, had this that sounds book cool. Ever. So they used their bodies to build this house and then they would shrink back and they could live in the house. And I feel like that's what it's like being a mom. Like you're just, you, I mean, you are, you're like constantly changing shapes to make space for whatever their new need is, which is pretty incredible because that skill set applies to anything else you ever Yeah. Do that's life. what, that's what my point is, is that I, I like that it, pushes us to, I don't know, I, I, it's almost like a, a survival skill or something. I, I like 
I don't, I don't want that all the time. I don't want to live in that space all the time, but I like that. I know that I can, if I, if I need to. And even if it were for somebody that wasn't my family, it's like when you meet another mom, you're like, Oh, you're malleable the same way that I'm malleable because we were all forced into it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then you can do anything. Yeah. Like I, I remember this one time I had the kids for, I don't know, they were babies. I had no snacks. We were stuck in an airport and it was hours, hours, seven, eight, nine hours where I'm just entertaining and comforting two tiny children. I think there were one and three at the time with nothing, no, like no food, <laughs> no place like to fall asleep, whatever. So it was eight hours of just, and we're going to talk and now we're going to walk and now we're going to, well, you know, whatever, like whatever I had to do to do that. Writing a book is not hard. Like, n- like nothing is hard. Like I could re- I could wake up any day and be like, I could do anything that I had to do today. So it's, I was thinking about like shrinking back, like my kids being gone. And now I have these, like had all this empty space in my life and how there's this, like, I don't know, this thing out there that we've talked about a lot. That's like, don't lose yourself. Like, don't lose yourself with your kids. Don't lose yourself with your kids. Mm -hmm. And I just, the longer I live, I just don't think it's possible. Right. I don't think it's possible. You do, but you also have gained something else. Right. Right. And then you wake up in this big space that's it's mine. It's like mine. I ha- I now can put all that energy wherever I want to put mm-hmm. it because I've learned how to do that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Back to your mom. <laughs> no, that makes sense. That was a question I wanted to know. It was more of a question than a check-in, I guess. But it's a, it's and that tender. resonates. It's also completely. Tender. Yeah. It, it helps me see her in a different perspective. And I am always, my mind's blown by just everybody has the completely different experiences no one's is the same but there's things that are the same and that's one of them just that Mm -hmm. you feel i've had a couple of conversations in the last couple of weeks and it's with people from completely different walks of life and that like i mean i make like a joke about it breaking you and always like you know any mother knows what i mean not like Mm -hmm. it's breaking you and then putting you back together as a new thing yeah Yeah. Yeah. anyway another light-hearted one (laughs) (laughs) well Jenny, how did you feel about Sarah and Kathy? Oh, wow. They're a lot to think about any day of the week. They just <laughs> cross my mind. It's just such a big and amazing story. But I was thinking about when we first met them. Uh-huh. When, when PJ proposed, like, over, the, proposed over the radio and, and or something, girl, right? We were going to meet the girls yeah, for the yeah. first time. And how little we were at the pool mm-hmm. and our Timbercrest house. And just how... I mean, y'all were all so cute. So I'm the oldest of. I don't know how many there are now. There might be six. Let's say sixteen. I was gonna say. I was gonna say fifteen or seventeen. So (laughs) there we go. Somewhere between fifteen and seventeen of us. (laughs) So I'm the oldest. Sarah and Kat, and and then there's like all of y'all in the middle are almost Uh like some of y'all are even the same age, right? Yeah. Well, and for some backstory. uh, Sarah and Kathy are cousins, but not by blood. Our uncle married their mom, she had already had her first daughter, then Sarah and Kathy, the twins, and then her husband passed away. Uh, I don't know. They were babies. The twins were, I think, a year old. Twins were, yeah, Sarah and Kathy were really little. And then she married our uncle. So I was in fifth grade, I think, when when they like entered into our family and I didn't have any girl cousins my age. And I was so freaking excited (laughs) to have another girl because Anna was in my grade. So it was just, I'm thinking about, you know, every, almost everybody's grown up. I mean, we have one cousin that's actually the youngest cousins younger than my kids. So 
almost everybody is an, an adult, adult now and just picturing all of us like getting our picture taken together and like who what, what everybody has been through everybody's big serious hard lives and i mean just hearing sarah talk about i feel like we got so much of that second hand mm-hmm. and just hearing what sarah went through was like i can't i really cannot imagine cannot imagine she when she said that part about like i don't like to feel i was like well you're the right person like that's right. Don't feel. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Shut it down. Right. Shut it down. <laughs> but they're both just such, such amazing. You know, it, it's easy to hear a story like that and think that those stories and situations have made them who they are. And that's not true right. at all. Like, yeah, they, they were already were that before. Deep, incredible, yeah. strong, strong women before any of this happened. And I'm just amazed by them. Yeah. The way that Kathy knew it's like knew it seemed like at least the way that they told the story knew what Sarah needed knew how to give her that all of those things like that level of con- it was just beautiful to listen to I mean that kind of sisterhood or being condensed in that way and talked about like that I just was so moved by every single element I mean I mm-hmm. guess that's the well, thing it's it's loving someone else as you love yourself yeah and I think the nature of their relationship and of being twins, there is some sort of biological connection to that mm-hmm. that very few people have. And so you're getting to watch the embodiment of someone love someone else as right. themselves. And when you see it, it's like, it's this, what I call like, you can't tell where the giving and the receiving start or stop. Right. Because if you get to be lucky enough to be in a relationship with someone who can love you as you love yourself, Whereas they love they, their self, like, that's like it. It's like the best thing that life has to offer. Yeah. Goals. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'm like halfway there. No kidding. <laughs> Within what relationship? Any. Okay. <laughs> All. Okay. None. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you feel about Ryan Gosling's story? I didn't get to that point. <gasps> Is that at the very end? Yeah. Okay, so tell it to me. Now you have to repeat well, People it. don't want to hear it again. I know, but, well. but you have to tell me. We can, we can edit it out. Well, well, I'll tell you after. Okay. Yeah. Darn. I know. Sorry. I noticed you don't have notes. Yeah, what's up with that? I just I listened it? to the podcast on the way here. Oh. All right, all right, all right. I see. All right. Well, it's fresh. That's good. Stealing samples. Did you do that with Avery? Did you take her to like a makeup place, no. steal samples? Did no, you get to I that didn't. part? Was, did that I exist when <laughs> she was little? I mean, not in the same way. Like yeah. we, we did, I feel like you went with us. We went to the mall one time and she got like a makeover, done, like a like Mac a or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, but that was not a good moment for us. <laughs> I, I felt like <laughs> it was terrible. I mean, this is like one of my lowest parenting moments, which belongs here, right? This yeah. is where I can leave it. Yes. Thank you, Sarah and Kathy, for the segue into this one of the worst moments of Jenny's life. So terrible. I don't know why. I mean, Avery and I have spent as much of her life repairing our relationship. So we're really close now, (laughs) y'all. So she was like gonna be like my date with Avery, which I don't like. I'm not a like go on a date with the kids. (laughs) Not like feeding them. Guess who's paying for this day? <laughs> I go, okay. This feels like every other day of my life. <laughs> Bringing day with my kids. Ah, lucky you. <laughs> I, I really do love my children. Like, I love my children. 
I did not really enjoy being a mom at all. Yeah. <laughs> at all. In retrospect. Like it was like the mom. Like I have just been realizing I never adopted the identity of a mom. Mm-hmm. Like what a mom's supposed to do or supposed to be. And mm-hmm. my kids have had a hard time with that, especially because they were in the generation where moms were the mom. Right. That's what the mom did. They would see their friends' moms do that. And sometimes those moms would do things for my kids that, that you I wouldn't, wouldn't do for my yeah. kids. I think now they're like, we have a relationship. Right. We have a relationship. Anyway, it's my big fun day with Avery. She was obsessed with Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. She was wearing her Dorothy costume on our date. And I put her hair in braids, which is what she wanted. <laughs> she, just to make that extra clear, <laughs> she wanted braids. <laughs> and I don't know. She was three. God bless her. She was three. It was a big little, year for y'all. Love. It was a big year for Avery. Like she just was like, okay, here she is on the scene. And I don't know what she did, but it was absolutely unacceptable to me like unacceptable and I don't know if she was mouthing off to me or she was whatever and I was like (laughs) the ways that I could punish her and she was very hard to punish right I took out her brains (laughs) (gasps) yeah that's in the parking lot and I'm like pulling at her (laughs) oh my god yeah and then we went. Then we went inside. Went to the and went and had a makeover. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Avery. I'm so sorry. Do you remember how long it took her to <laughs> recover? I, if, if we talked about it today, you would find out she still probably has not forgiven me for. There's like right. at least ten things, and that's probably one of them. Do you feel like? Because I do. I'm. We've moved into like a. I'm taking away things, and I feel like I do it. I don't know if it's too much. I don't know what's too much. I literally say to him, I don't know if this, I'm doing this too much. I I don't know, but I like take a thing away to have him stop whatever it is that he's doing. And that seems like the same thing. Is that? No, mine was worse. Well, yeah. So something I don't feel bad about at all is that every time my kids ever got violent over an item that Mm -hmm. they were fighting over, it went in a particular drawer. Like it just went away. It was Mm -hmm. gone. I don't, I didn't care who started it or whose it really was or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we had this drawer, (laughs) these random like things and that all was so powerful and that was really good. And they both, but that I, I, I don't really want to analyze why it was so terrible what I did. Okay. But <laughs> not really in the mood. <laughs> Got it. It's morning. Um, there, and, and this is why Avery was my best teacher in the whole world. There were these moments where she would just look at me and I would know, like, I crossed the I line. I crossed a line, yeah. And when she was in fifth grade, she finally, like, had the language to tell me. She would just look at me and say, this what you're doing right now? This is one of the things you're going to look back on and realize is one of your regrets as a parent. <laughs> Wait, she said that when? When she was in fifth grade. She started being able to say, this is one of them. And like, she's just really good. She was really good at when it was an appropriate punishment, even as a senior in high school, which I can't believe we did this or had to do this. But I was like, I have to take away your phone. Like you, you cannot. Mm -hmm. And like, I, that's, she was, she might've even been 18 at that point. Like, that's crazy. But it was like, we have to do this. It was like having someone who was an alcoholic or something. Mm-hmm. Intervention. Yeah, it was an intervention. And even that, when I didn't really have a right to do it, you know. Part had, of her understood. She knew. So she's always been a really good. And I feel like kids are. Like, if you really let them show you, they will be like, oh, yeah, 
that's what I needed right now, if, no matter how hard or painful it is. And then there are these moments where you just see in their face, like, I'm not sure what I just violated. Right. I violated something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your life is just a game of figuring that out. (laughs) Yeah. Towing that line. Sounds good. Thanks. Rolling the dice. Um, That's what it is. It's crap. You said, I don't exactly know how you worded it, but you had never really identified with the mom role. I thought that I always had, and I do in some ways, but the disciplinary stuff that started, that felt, you know, really, and it feels natural, I guess now it just... I just like enjoy him so much and I don't want to have to, I mean, that sounds silly. Yeah. Play the other side of that coin. Just constantly. And I say that, like, I don't, I don't want to have to, can I just play with you? But I know he's two and a half. It's silly. It's just, yeah. And I think what I feel emotional and I have since you said when she recognized at three or like said that you go quiet, that is what, I don't know if that's relevant to say, but I was trying to pinpoint it. Couldn't feel like, why am I feeling so much? Been feeling it since then. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that. Thing in the moment. I mean, your job as the mom is to constantly, I mean, I guess as early as possible to give them some sort of artificial experience of the consequences of their behavior. Mm-hmm. Like they, you want them to know that their choices have impact mm-hmm. and that's positive, negative, neutral. And so you're like all discipline for like the first probably 10 years, maybe even into adolescence. All the discipline is, is some sort of manufactured consequence that will be a smaller, less painful consequence than if they did that thing and you weren't around. So it's like a protective measure. You're like, I'm going to give you a very angry voice because you're at the edge of the street, right? And you're going to look at me and be like, oh, I don't want to do that again because I hate mom's angry voice. Well, that's the consequence isn't your angry voice, right? The consequence is them getting hit by a car. So that's all discipline is. You're, it's how can I create some sort of soft consequence that will help them find their edges so they don't have to pay the highest consequence for something. And then you shift and you start letting life, like Happen you move out them. of the way mm-hmm. and you let life give them the consequence. Hit them like a train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's when your role shifts and you're right. there yeah. to help them struggle through that, recover from that, talk through it. It's love. It's really love. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That feels good. Okay. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, Sarah. That's what I've been waiting for. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Um, Oh, and back to, uh, back to Sarah and Kathy. Who? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, You said that's the twin thing. And I have two sets of twin nephews and not to like diminish their, they have their connected relationship. Sarah and Kathy's relationship is something else. So you have to like make that happen. And maybe it's women. Maybe it's girls being older. Yeah. It's really incredible. I love their story. And I don't, I don't know if this is because they've told it so many times that it does this, but it paints pictures in my head. Like whenever um, the egg or the, I don't know, what do you, wow. Embryo. Thank you. Was getting implanted and the song was playing, was it Sweet Caroline Sweet maybe? Caroline. Mm-hmm. And the way that that, like that scene is so like sweet and hazy in my head, like a mm-hmm. movie. I love that. Mm-hmm. I just, I think the husbands is the part that yes. is the funniest. Yeah. It's just like the women, they got it figured out. Like on yeah. the plan, whatever. And it's like, oh there are some men involved in yeah. this. It's going to drastically impact their lives. Yeah. That was just so funny to me. Just there, like, when do we pull them into this idea yeah. that we're having to, I mean, that's, I think if their, if their story was a movie, 
I would love like a whole section just to be from each of the husband's perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be where the humor would come in. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to know their their wives. Right. Well, their roles, both, I was going to say. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> both of their their now husbands, they had been together. Like they'd been dating. Like Kathy and Alex had been dating since they were, what, 15? Maybe yeah. younger? I she said 17. Sarah and Richard have the longevity, but they were like hot, cold, hot. They were on and off for many years. For many years, yeah. That's cute. Yeah, I'd like a movie of this. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. As I said it, I was like, I really can't imagine there not being a movie made. Of this. It's probably going to happen. Oh, I thought it was really powerful when Sarah said one of the things I'm going to misquote, but how she pictured her future family and Kathy giving her that right before like pulled her through visualizing that mm-hmm. stuff. That was really cool and powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was interesting. Just the concept. We all know that being present is like the secret, right? Secret to mental health, secret to happiness, whatever. But like people don't often talk about what does it mean to be present in like the darkest, deepest suffering. And I almost think you can't not be present. Like that's, I was going to say, I think that's easier for me. I feel, I feel, like calm, oddly calm when, when like shit really hits the fan. Yeah. Cause like what else, what else? I mean, if, yeah, you're so helpless you're in that of, moment that you just are sitting in it. So that was interesting to me that that, like that ray of hope and future, like was like her, like just any light, any light when you're in that dark of a place, separate from their story in terms of like practical things that I will always remember from that interview is when her doctor took the job that was the doctor's off of her. Yeah, that's I thought that. And gave her a job mm-hmm. and said, your job is about what you're going to think about. What, what, what are you going to let get into your thoughts? Who you're going to surround and yourself with. you're going to surround yourself with. And I just like, when she said that, I just gasped. I was like, that, that's it. Like, that's, that's my job all the time. That's right. my job. What am I letting in my mind? And who am I letting in my life? Mm-hmm. And that is going to be the difference of the life I want to live. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. What if I do a one minute recap of the Ryan Gosling story? Oh, sure. Okay. That's good. Okay. Tell me when. Go. Okay. Um, they were in LA for, I think the Ellen show, maybe they're going back for something and they were in um, on the lot at whatever lot it was and they were getting drinks and somebody came in with a mask and like she specifically described his outfit and it was like really kind of looked expensive, but like casual. And he had did I say mask? He had on a mask. And uh, he bought like a million Topo Chico's and was carrying them out to his car. And I don't remember who stopped who or what or whatever, but Sarah went over and stopped them and kind of made it seem like her dumb friends, sorry, she didn't say dumb, wanted to <laughs> talk to him and are you Ryan Gosling? And he said, that is, he he is me or something. He said it kind of cool. And that is I. That is I. And he came back and forth for like to get stuff for the crew because he's really nice. And like that part of the story was cute. And he eventually after for because they were like making a big deal um took a picture with them and there was like several interactions that were cute it was like enough meat that it felt you know story worthy yes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. they had a moment yeah they nailed moment. it that was it five four, <laughs> three, <laughs> three two one. Oh, uh <laughs> no <laughs> they thought that Ava Mendez maybe was outside in the white Range Rover that he was getting into. Yeah. Oh, nice. They knew from like the tabloids yeah, that that's yeah, the car that she was, drove. Oh. And she was like, go take a picture with those girls. <laughs> they like made up the whole reason why he came in back <laughs> in to take a photo. Them. Like she yeah. made him do it. <laughs> that's so great. That's so great. <laughs>
Okay, I need to think of what my little send-off is going to be. Thinking about the, like, kind of expanding that you do to be a mom and then, like, the retracting. Contracting. Con- wow. Of Sorry. course. That's Shrinking. A- yeah, like, you, you have to get so big to hold so much and to carry so much, and then you have to get so small to make space for everybody else to have their needs and to grow. And I just think, like, today that it, it's all important. It all matters. So like it's, it's making you more of who you want to be, whichever one that you're doing. And that even though it will absolutely probably serve your children best in life, it's going to serve you too. Like, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't, don't be scared. Don't be scared, guys. Not to be scared. It's going to be okay. <laughs> That's Parker. <laughs> Not be scared. Huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Thanks, Thanks, Jenny. Love you. Thank you.